that's so awesome. You know, I think it's it's interesting because as a, I got my new water up here that Sean's bought, I absolutely love it. I'm like addicted to this stuff, but I'm really not drinking it because I'm addicted. I just need some hydration. <laughs> but I tell you what, guys, I have served in churches throughout, you know, during our lifetime. Um, and I have to say, I really pray and hope that we do not become a church that just goes to the motions. Because another thing is I was sitting there worshiping, or standing there worshiping, I feel like God was also just telling me, like, we are all to just be like family here. This should be a safe place yes. for us to come yes. and not worry about what other people here might think, what other people might say. This is a place that God wants us to come and encourage each other and help each other move forward. Mm-hmm. And yes, we're all going to see each other stretching throughout that time. But he wants that's what this place is supposed to be. So I hope yeah. that this will always be like that. Amen. But we're all friends here, so. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get ready to do some stretching. So. <laughs> um, tonight we're going to talk about being a disciple. Um, and as many of you guys know, you know, me and Shauna lead the discipleship here. And we've had some changes recently, which has been awesome. Tom shared you some already about the guys. Uh, I asked Shauna when we got back from Florida, I was like, hey, how did the women's discipleship go? And uh, she said it was awesome. You know, I heard some amazing things. Don't worry, girl. She didn't tell me anything in details because we know we just don't do that. We keep certain things separated there on that. But our hearts, like if you guys know me and Shauna, you know our hearts are so heavy towards discipleship. And it's been something that we didn't have as much when we were younger and we started really learning like there's more for us. God has so much more for us than just saying, yes, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. It doesn't end there. There's yeah. so much more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it takes some stretching. It does. It does. So I'm going to throw it out there. First, I'm going to say, well, what is a disciple? Well, a disciple does anybody want to throw an answer out there? Tom, you can't because... Go for it. Jesus is gangster. Jesus is gangster. Yes, you got it. That was something that was actually said on the guy's discipleship. Jesus is gangsters. Yes, a disciple is a Christ follower. Okay? It's as simple as that. It's a Christ follower. But for myself, I had asked myself, like, when I, when I was thinking about this, like, well, I mean, that sounds simple, but why does being a disciple just seems so daunting at times. Right? Why does it just seem like so hard? Especially when you hear the word disciple. Like, hey, we should be disciples. Years ago, I'd be like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. And I don't think that's for me. Because it seems like like it's going to be a crazy like shot on the street and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it's like, what is Jesus? What does it mean to be a disciple? And my initial thought was, I can't be a disciple because, I mean, look at my past. I've done some crazy stuff. Tom hasn't done anything crazy. <laughs> I've done some crazy stuff in the past. Uh, and I look at it and I go, I know if I, God, I'm going to mess up. 
I don't want to let God down. I mean, gosh, we let down people every day. Can you imagine letting God down? I mean, that's a big deal, right? That's what that's that's my thought process. Like, I do not want to let God down. Or it's you know, it's who's really going to listen to me anyways? I mean, come on, God, they're, they're not, they know my past. They're not going to hear anything I have to say. Or I'm just not going to measure up to it. I just just I don't measure up to be your disciple. So I want to know, can any of you guys, maybe you guys can relate to that. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but maybe you guys can relate to that. I think you probably can at some point, some area in your life, you can think of that. And I love that, you know, what Tom said that what we're going to be doing in August. I love that because there is nothing that's going to reach those people more in this community than showing, than us showing God's love to them. And you know what? When that gets handed to you and you're like, oh, man, I got to do something with this. You know, that's a big responsibility. But there's, it's going to take stretching. It's going to, it might not be easy. But it's going to take some stretching. But that's why I thought this is great for what we're going to talk about tonight. Because we're going to look at what the Bible says about. Well, let me rephrase that. We're going to look at the story of Jesus beginning his ministry the very beginning of his ministry because my thoughts were well all right god if we're going to talk about being a disciple we better start right where it starts if we're going to if we're a disciple is a follower of jesus let's look at jesus let's look at the beginning of his ministry so we're going to go to matthew chapter 3 and we're going to read verses 16 and 17 there I hear all the pages turning, so I'm just waiting. I don't hear any more pages. That sounds great. <laughs> I love hearing pages turn. So in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, After his baptism, as Jesus came up, so John's baptizing Jesus right now. Uh, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So this is a beautiful, just looking at the very beginning here. This is Jesus. Here's the Holy Spirit coming down upon him, right? And I thought this is so cool because the Holy Spirit is being used right now. The beginning of Jesus. This is where Jesus' ministry is beginning. He's getting ready to, to go through some stuff. Okay, And that's what we're going to look at. But at the beginning, this Holy Spirit comes down upon God to communicate who Jesus is. So the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus to communicate who he is. And who is he? Well, he is the dearly loved son who brings God great joy. That's communicated through the Holy Spirit. And that's important for us to remember as we go deeper on this. So I'm going to read, and I think that like when I was looking at this, I'm thinking this is such, this is like a movie scene. I'm thinking, like, I can see this, just amazing, this power, you know, the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus. Just, it seems like something so beautiful, but then we're going to read a little bit further in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11, and then we're going to go back and recap on it. So let me take a breath here, because I got 11 verses to get through. <laughs> 
Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During the time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test your Lord. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus tells him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, the angels came and took care of him. So before we get ready to break this down, we're going to break this down into some sections here. I want to point out that this is a really cool, unique story here. And why I say that is because we have to assume that this story was handed off to his disciples, to his followers, directly from Jesus' lips. Because nobody else was with Jesus during this time. There was nobody else there to see this happening. So Jesus obviously must think, there's, he knows that there's something important that we have to get. As he's beginning his ministry, and he's sharing this with his disciples, of his followers, there's something important that he wants us to understand here. <clears throat> so let's break this down. We're going to read verse 1 again in chapter 4. Verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. So, before I said it was like a movie scene, like this is a really cool movie scene. The Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus. He's the Son of, you know, he's the Son of God. That's how much he loves. I could just see like all this, oh, you know, stuff like that. But then the first, the, you know, right after that, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. That's like a total flip on that movie, right? It's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute here. But here's what's cool. When we look at this word tempted, in our Western world, is that right, babe? Western world, is that what I, mean? I always have to ask her, is that how they say it, Western world? Because I always think like Wild West when I think that. But yeah, the Western world. We, be, we look at the word tempted as like basically... Uh, you're somebody trying to get you to do something bad, right? That's what we look at tempted as. But the Greek word here for tempted means more than just tempting to do something evil. It's actually the, the Greek word is, let me see if I can pronounce this. Parazo, I believe is how it's pronounced. Parazo or parazo. It doesn't look like it's spelled that way, but that is the way it's said. Something. I think it says parazo. I think that's how they say it on the app or something, but... Which means, get this, that actually means tested, a test. So when you look at this story as we're going into it now, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tested. 
Why? Why is he testing Jesus? And I think some translations actually say tested. So I asked myself, well, why is he saying, okay, so the Holy Spirit's leading him in here to be tested. So let's look at verse 3. Because when I was looking at the stories, I'm going like, this doesn't like, I mean, it, you know, I've been tempted to do, to do evil things in life. I've had temptations, but I'm like, okay, I start to look at the story a little bit different when I look at the word test. The first test in verse 3, it says, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going, go back up. That was five. Should have worn my glasses. <laughs> three. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones become loaves of bread. So here's the first test. The first test is Jesus is the, the test is God, not God. The devil is trying to get Jesus to doubt his identity. And he's trying to get him to doubt his identity by using the circumstances that Jesus is facing at that time. He's hungry. He hasn't ate for like 40 something days, right? He's had no water. So he's using the circumstances in Jesus' life to test him, say, are you really the son of God? Are you? So let's go to verse 5. Verse 5 says, Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So here is the second test. The first test tested Jesus' identity. The second test... He's actually, again, testing Jesus' identity. Plus, he's twisting the scriptures around here. Like, I, I thought this was interesting. That scripture is actually from Psalms 91.11, I believe it is. 91.11. Yeah, 1191 or something like that. But go to Psalms 91. You're going to read it there. You don't have to go right now, but you can read it later. But the devil actually quotes the exact scripture. However, he takes it out of context. Because what he does is he doubt, he gets Jesus, are you really a son of God? Let's, let's look at that again. So I think of it this way. We're supposed to be learning from Jesus, right? Followers. First test. Who are you really? Who are you? How does God really see you? When he goes again for the same thing, I'm like, that's a pretty big deal. Like, that must be something that the enemy really wants yeah. us to doubt. That's who God says we are. So then he twists the scriptures and he takes a scripture set that is there, that is all about trusting God. That's what Psalms 91 is all about. It's trusting God, finding your refuge in God. And here, Satan, you know, the devil is saying, oh yeah, who are you really? And hey, remember this verse, like if you're, you know, you, if you can order the angels to come and protect you, right? He's basically saying, hey, wait a minute, no, no. You're not here to serve God. God is here to serve you. And we can look at it. I can look at it in my life. Like there's many times in my life that I've acted like God was like a drive through Like, hey, I pull up, tell him what I want, pull up the next window. Okay, God, give it to me, right? But it doesn't work that way. 
So this is the, this is the second test. So let's go to the third test in verses 8 and 9. It says, The next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. So the third test, he's actually testing, yeah, he's actually testing Jesus' trust. How much do you really trust God? So obviously Jesus knows who he is. We, we read how Jesus responds. Jesus knows who he is. He knows the scriptures. You know, when, he, when the enemy tried to trick him in verses 5, Jesus said, no, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. So the enemy goes for something right here. He's like, okay, let's really, let's test your trust. Will Jesus trust God's promise or try to make it happen on his own? God has put a promise on Jesus' life. Jesus is already a king. He's the son of God. So the enemy tries to distract and say, I don't know, I can give you all this. You need to do this. You need to let me do this. Don't wait on God. And as I'm reading these tests, I'm going, God, there's so much just right here at the beginning that we need to get, that we need to understand because, yes, being a disciple is being a Christ follower, right? We know that. It sounds simple. Just believe and follow Jesus, right? Believe and follow. But being a disciple is not easy. It sounds simple, but it's not easy. There are, there's stretching that has to happen. If you guys want to stand for me, I want to, I want to, and it's probably a short message, but there's some more I still want to cover before we close. And I want you guys really to, to think about what, what God wants to do in your life and where you're at right now. For me, I'm going to share something with you guys that doesn't even plan on sharing this. I know that when we want to be Christ followers, like I said at the beginning, it doesn't just end with giving your life to Jesus. Here's the cool thing. If you don't know Jesus, he wants you to be a part of this too. Everything that we're talking about, this is how he feels about you. But if you have given your life and you have said, yes, I want to follow you, we have to start warming up to prepare to really follow him. Yes. I remember, I, I was actually, I remember that um, I was, let me see where I'm going to start this story. I used to always think that when I followed God, it would all come easy. It's easy to look at other people in ministry that you say, oh, like, well, you know, you see Tom up here speaking. 
He's got it. He, he, he's got this. It's easy. Guys, girls, Tom goes through struggles just like the rest of us. We might look at Tiff up here and say, she's got it easy. She goes through struggles. I go through struggles. And I think it's important for us to remember the very beginning of the story about how the Holy Spirit led Jesus into these tests. But so many times, like myself, and maybe you've done it too, but I know myself, I've always looked at things like, if I'm going to say this, like, man, God's just leading me into this. It's always something good for me. Something that I see is, this is going to benefit Brian. This new job is really going to benefit me. God's leading me there. God, lead me to a job that is a Christian company, God. It's just all these things. It's like, no, no, no. We're not always going to be led to places that are easy. He's not always going to lead us down an easy path. God doesn't want us to always seek out employment at a Christian company. Because, guys, God wants us to be like his son, a Christ follower. He wants us to be out among the people that don't know him. That's part of being a disciple. Is to be Jesus' hands and feet out there. That's why I love that God was showing me, this is a place that's safe. We should be able to come and really talk to each other, pray for each other. So I was I was driving, I'm going to show, share this. I was driving to work. I think this is right before we went to Florida. I was driving to work, and the, like every road to my work, it takes me an hour to get to work. Every road has construction going on it. They got roads closed down. I'm like, oh, it's going to take me like an hour and a half to get to work going through all these back roads and I go through this this back road and as I'm driving I notice a graveyard that I've never seen before in my entire life there's and the reason why I noticed it was because there is this headstone that stood probably like this tall and there was a guy or a girl I don't know for sure but they had a full blown out like motorcycle suit on helmet closed everything and they're just standing at this headstone like this stood there staring and I'm like listening to the radio I'm driving to work as I drive by I see this I'm like and as soon as I saw it I felt God tell me you need to go tell that person that I love them and I was like what I'm like that is crazy kept driving and God and God's been he's been teaching us and the whole time like you know why you think that's crazy right because God's telling you to do it. I'm like, so I literally didn't even drive, not even maybe not even a minute up the street. And I was like, oh, and I like, I turn in this parking lot. I start to turn around. I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. God, you know I got to turn around because you told me to do it. So I'm driving back and I'm like, God, I don't know what the heck you want me to say. I didn't, Holy Spirit, I need you to tell me what to say because I don't know even how this person, that person looks upset. I mean, they don't look happy. I'm like, I don't know who's behind that mask, God, but Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? He's like, just tell them that I love them. So as soon as I pull right back up, that person's gone. I'm like, well, how can they be gone already? So I pull in there and I'm like, 
driving around. I can't find them. I'm like, God, they're gone. And of course, right then, it's like, ah, you messed up. I mean, you really messed that opportunity. And God's like, no, you didn't. No. He's like, I want you to go to that graves. I want you to go to that headstone. I'm like, all right. Go to the headstone. I was like, and I had these, I had those bracelets. He's like, just write, God loves you on it. And put them there. I was like, all right. So I wrote, God's love, God loves you. I went over to the headstone. I'm going to put it on there. And I noticed it. I'm like, what the heck kind of headstone is this? And it's Ace of Eights. I don't know if anybody's heard of that. But it's the guy's, oh man, I can't remember his name now. But anyways, the guy actually dealt the last hand of cards to Wild Bill. And I'm like, wow, did not expect to see this at all. And like later on, I'm like researching it. And I'm like, but it's just, my point to this is that we might feel like we mess up, but God is stretching us. I don't know what God's going to do with any of that. I have no idea. But God wants to do stuff like that in each one of our lives. The enemy wants us to feel like we messed up and beat us up. God wants us to know, no, because you're stretching. I'm preparing you for this. I will do the rest. You just be obedient. Jesus, remember, let's remember what God told Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. He says, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. That's what Jesus said. So I was I was trying to figure out like God, what do you so the test? I see this. He's like, tell my people that they're going to be tested there are tests the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to test but there's a reason why the test does not dictate how much God loves us that's where I fell short a lot because I would think that I just failed what God wanted me to do God I can't be used by you God I can't be your disciple I just totally messed up He wants us to know that the test does not dictate how much he loves us. He told his son before the test. You are my, you are my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Guess what, guys? If you're Christ followers, Jesus is in you. We are sons and daughters of the almighty God. The beautiful thing is, before the test, even before the test, he knows how we're going to handle the test. He loves us. And we bring him joy. So I thought it was great that he was showing me, like, I'm enjoying this stretching thing you guys are doing. He's enjoying it. (laughs) But here's what the test is for. The test is to help us know our identity and to teach us to trust God. See, these tests that was going on of Jesus was the Holy Spirit wanting to make sure, Jesus, that you know who you really are. We go through tests and we think, why is God putting me through this? 
Because God wants us to know who we really are in Him. And He wants us to trust Him. That's the purpose of the test. If you're not a follower, if you don't know Jesus, He invites you into this too. It is. It's it's simple. We believe, if you believe in Jesus and you confess it with your mouth, then he invites you in. He invites you into this story, this beautiful story. When you look at the temptations, when you look at the story of the temptations and Jesus being led into the wilderness, it is such a beautiful story when you look at it as the test that it really is. And if you go back to the Old Testament, if you want to really start looking at all this stuff, the Old Testament, this is the same test as the Israelites went through. And they failed it. God's chosen people. But he sent his son to bring us back to him. And Jesus passed the test. For we can be a part of this amazing story. So yes, being a disciple... I'm going to read one more verse here. And as I read this verse, it's Matthew chapter 11. It's verse 28. I want to invite everybody here. Look, if you know that, you know what? I'm going through some tests, God. If you feel and recognize that you're going through tests, here's the thing. We cannot do it alone. The Holy Spirit will show us teach us who we are, how to trust trust in God if you desire that I want to ask you to raise your hand tonight I want to ask you guys to raise your hand amen, thank you, thank you thank you look, I'm going to read this verse and I'm going to ask Tiff to to sing and stretch a little bit but I'm going to ask you guys you ladies to stretch a little bit too stretch, I want to ask you to come up to this altar. I want you to pray to God about it. Because let me tell you, what I'm about to read right here is very important to us as Christ followers. Here's what it says. It says, then Jesus said, Jesus said this. He says, come to me, all who is weary carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest look Tom can't give you rest I can't give you rest this is part of following Jesus we have to come to him that's where we'll get our rest he says he says take my yoke upon you now this next part is really so good It says, because, he says, let me teach you. Jesus says, let me teach you. We are to be disciples. We are to be Christ followers. Jesus needs to teach us. 
God uses us preachers and teachers and pastors to help equip the saints. You guys are saints. If you are a Christ follower, you are a saint. But we are not your teacher. That is Jesus. So being a disciple is more, being a Christ follower is more than just coming here on the weekend. It is a lifestyle. It is something that we have to do every day. We need to go to the teacher every day because just like stretching, if we don't keep doing it, that every now and then when we do the stretching, we're going to pull something. It's going to hurt a little bit. But the more we do it, the more flexible we become. If we're going to be disciples, these are the things that we need to know. We need to know our identity. We need to know the truth. And we need to trust in God. When I look at those tests, that's what I see. To be disciples. Know your identity. You're only going to know that by letting Jesus teach you. You're only going to know the truth by spending time with God. And you're only going to trust in God because you know and believe what He says in His Word. So I'm going to close it at that. Tiff, if you want to say, you guys, if you've got anything you're holding on to, if you're struggling with that, with being a disciple, or being a Christ, or if you don't know God, I want you guys to come up to this altar. Take it to Jesus.